Well, hey, howdy, hey. Welcome to the Texans Take. So, um, I did my studying. And I apologize. <laughs> um, Jinx. And Princess. Oh, yes, Jinx. We did say uh, at the same time, didn't we? Yeah. Uh-huh. Hence the Jinx. Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> anyway. So uh, we were going to put together all of the times that Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and all the rest of the Bible mm-hmm. says Prince. Yep. There are 50 verses. It's a couple. And 48 more. And so is that 50 in the, 50 in the Old Testament? That's in the Bible. Oh, 15 Bible, okay. Wow. Okay. So first is Genesis 23, 6. You want me to read it? Yeah, go for it. I I really want to make you just like fumble through and find every one of these. Just for the the enjoyment of knowing that you didn't do it. But I'll be nice. 23, 6? I'll be nice. Hear us, my Lord. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you his burial place that you may bury your dead. Now, I think that is in reference to Abraham, isn't it? Are yeah. they speaking to Abraham? Yeah. Sarah just died. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yep. So, calling Abraham a prince of the region. What's the next one? Uh, Genesis 34, 2. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all the, all he had, please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God. Wait a minute. Under my thigh. What what verse are you reading? Well, it's Genesis. 34.2? 34.2. You ah, were jumping the ah. gun. You were like, I got this. Yes, yes, yes. Well, something you do it. And when Shechem had... I'm right here. How did you beat me to it? The country saw her. He took her and lay with her and violated her. Prince of the country saw her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was that was not a that was not a good reference to Prince. No. Next, you're on. Crap. <laughs> you lose your place. I did. Wow. Electronically too. It's not supposed to happen. No. Exodus two fourteen. <coughs> then he said, "Who made you a prince and a judge over us? Do you intend to kill me?" As you killed the Egyptian, so Moses feared and said, Surely this is known. Who made you a prince over us? Yeah. You know, basically, you know, made you as a ruler. Yeah. 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 Number 16.3. It is a small thing that you have brought us up out of the land flowing with milk and honey. To kill us in the wilderness, that you should keep acting like a prince over us. Oh, you you actually are looking through that. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> should I not move my hand, let you hit it? There you go. All right. Anyway. So, really, you can use the word prince kind of the same way as, not use it as the same way, but think of it as the same way. We think of the word snake. When you call somebody a snake or a serpent, nine times good, out yeah. of ten, it's like, you know, it's 
supposed to be demeaning. Right. Um, but we are told to be as wide as 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 wide as wise as serpents. Um, I didn't know serpents were that wide. <laughs> Just run over them, I guess. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's a cobra. He's awful wide. Um, then also, um, they eat you, they would there was wide. a serpent put up on a pole for the Israelites to look at to be healed. And that was in a good sense. Um, and so really, it's kind of like, you know, lion we're told to be as bold as lions but at the same time also sometimes it's used in a negative way i can't think of it right now but um it's really you know it's just a word you can use it you know it basically it's just a ruler interchangeable a ruler why are you do, you? do you call count yourself ruler over us? We're gonna have the same problem again, so um, I guess you'll be doing some of the reading. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> my phone is about to say adios. Adios. We had this exact same thing happen last yes, time. Yes, yes. I swear it's not intentional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then the king said to his servants, "Do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel?" Now, are they referring to David there? Eh, that's second. Samuel, I believe. Yeah. So, maybe? Huh? We should look that up. Sure. Second Samuel 3.38. Well, there's 1st Samuel. You said 3.38. Yeah, 2nd Samuel 3.38. I asked you, but it's literally right on my thumb. It's on your thumb? Phone. 3.38. There it is. David. Yeah. Okay. David took an oath saying, God, do so to me and more also if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. All the people took note of it. Please them, since whatever the king did pleased all the people. All the people and all Israel understood that that day. Oh, wait a minute. For all the people and all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. Then the king said to his servants, Do you not know that a prince and a great man has fallen this day in Israel? And I am weak today, though anointed king, though anointed king, and these men, the son of Zeruiah, are too harsh for me. So he's talking about Abner there. Yeah. It's funny, I knew someone named Abner. But yeah. Yes, David mourning for Abner. So it did have something to do with David. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ish. So then the next place you see it is Ezra 1.8. And Cyrus, king of Persia, brought them out in the hand of Mithridath? Mithridath. <clears throat> and treasurer, and counted them out to the Shezabar, the prince of Judah. Sheshbazar. That's a word. Sheshbazar, the prince of Judah. It's quite bizarre. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you did there. <laughs> eh, I was trying. Job twenty-one twenty-eight. where you say, Where is the house of the prince, and where is the tent, the dwelling place of the wicked? Ah. Yep. There you go with that. That, that, that. That's a good thought you had with the serpent. 
mm-hmm. you know, that is kind of interchangeably used, just like the word serpent is in the Bible. Which, which doesn't put me to being completely wrong when I said the puns that I have seen it were very wicked. Yeah. So far, we're seeing a consistency. It's like every other verse. Yeah. So Job thirty-one thirty-seven is, I would declare him the numbers of my steps. Like a prince, I would approach him. So I didn't know that prince is reproachable, but sure, okay. I, I guess they are in a sense. I guess. I mean, if you're not shot before you give, get to him. In the multitude of people is a king's honor, but in the lack of people is the downfall of a prince. And that is that Proverbs is fourteen twenty-eight. We got many prayer breakfasts before we get there. You said it. <laughs> Excellent speech is not becoming to a fool, much less lying lips to a prince. But speaking of which, mm-hmm. our our prayer breakfast is. I've had uh, a few people say that they might come, so that'll be that'll be uh, really. Uh, Martin will be able to come this weekend. Will he be able to? Instead, he says he's working. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Which, knowing Miss Debbie, she might have taken a shift that she wouldn't normally take just to prod him and say go. Yeah. But I don't know. That would be interesting. But anyway, either way, um, well, are we going to read all 50 of these Prince verses? Well, I mean, we've got, I think we've got at least mostly time. <laughs> oh, really? I mean, we're already at, what, 10? So we've knocked out 10 of them? Yeah. Eight of them? Yeah, I was going to read through them all, so we can go ahead and... I'm just trying to figure out how this is really beneficial to us. Well, I mean... Altogether, it's, I think, beneficial to know, uh-huh. you know, especially since I stepped out there and said that it was, and then mm-hmm. it's kind of like, in looking back, I was like, okay, altogether, probably should look at it and see yeah. each way that it's actually used. Right. And, uh, I mean, we don't have to go through all of them, but I at least wanted to go through a good portion of okay. them, I guess you could say. Well... You Maybe do that. Do that in the first half, Proverbs and then we can we can come 7. back and, and get back to Exodus. That way we Sounds can good. Travel a little bit into that, since Dad will be uh, will be on for Thursday. So yes. I told him where we would leave off, because yes. last time I apparently gave him the wrong chapter. You remember that? Yes, I do remember. He was distressingly quiet. Yeah, yeah. That that's one way to put that. Yeah. Also, he was cooking brisket, so. There was that. Yeah. And that can be quite tedious. Yeah. Was it like already cooking or? Uh, he was. Yeah, he had already. He had already prepped it and everything. Just watching the temp and everything. Okay. But he was also cook. He was also smoking some. Uh, we had chicken and turkey on that day. Okay. Wow. He had several things in the pit that he was kind of monitoring. Nice make sure that it was uh, all doing as it was supposed to. And I think last minute, you know, obviously very late into the process, Shay had some sausage that he was going to throw on there. Wow. Sounds kind of like our our party. Yeah. Had brisket and ribs and pork loin. Oh, my gosh. And and by the way, pork loin. And, yeah, those are good. I would almost buy that again just for that. It was amazing. I'm going to have to try my hand at smoking some of that. Yeah. 
that was. So, I imagine those are probably a little bit cheaper than brisket. Uh, maybe, probably. Maybe. I don't but know. That brisket was amazing. So tender. Oh, I love brisket. It is one of my favorite things to cook. Do you actually cook it though? I smoke it. Exactly. It has been schmooked. We gotta say it. Like my cigar. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you're down for the next reading of Prince. Where are we at? Because I I moved up. We're on Pro twenty five seven. Pro twenty five seven. Yeah. So for it is better that he say to you, "Come up here," than that you shall be put lower in the presence of the prince, in whom your eyes have seen. So I would say that's a that's a heavier handed use of prince mm -hmm. than <clears throat> wouldn't necessarily call that wicked or evil. Yeah. And then in Isaiah 9, 6, you have, For unto us a child is born. Ah, Christ being shown here. Unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I cannot hear or read those words without thinking, Wonderful. Counselor, <laughs> yeah, God, exactly. The father, the Prince of Peace. Yeah, that is, that is, yeah. Handel's Messiah. Uh, Ezekiel seven two seven. That's seven twenty seven. The king will mourn. The prince will be clothed with desolation, and the hands of the common people will tremble. I will, I will do to them according to their way. And according to what they deserve, I will judge them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. I don't want to be clothed with desolation. That's pretty bad. <clears throat> yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't, that's not a good meaning of the word prince. So in Ezekiel twelve ten, you have say to them, Thus says the Lord God, this burden concerns the prince in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem and all the house of Israel. Who are among them? In Ezekiel twelve twelve, wow, they they use that quite a bit in Ezekiel. Yeah, apparently. Um, and the prince who is among us, <clears throat> them shall bear his belongings on his shoulder, and the twilight shall go out. They shall dig through the wall and carry them out through it. He shall cover his face so that he cannot see the ground until it with his eyes. I don't know where I was getting until for, but you know it was. Throwing that in there. It was a little ad lib. Now to you, O profane, wicked prince of Israel, those day, whose day has come, whose iniquity shall end. That is Ezekiel 28. To, wow, this is actually, wow. Ezekiel's here. There's a lot. So this would be like the book of the prince. Yeah. 28 too is... Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, Thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up, and you say, I am God, I sit on the seat of gods, in the midst of the seas, yet you are man, and you are not God, though you set your heart as the heart of a god. Wow. <clears throat> and the Greeks got it wrong. <laughs> Ezekiel 34, 24. 
And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Sounds like prince and king and all that can just be, it's like, it's a ruler, right? Mm-hmm. Prince is only slightly a lesser ruler than a king. Right. But still has power, still in the royal family. Right. You know, kind of the way, well, a prince actually is. Um, but, uh, yeah. Because David is king, right? He's king David. But God says, I will be their God and my servant David a prince among them, not king. And so, a lesser God. Right. Not God. And, a lesser ruler. And the verse, I did find it, which was, when I when I misspoke, I, I was thinking of the verse of principalities. Ah. Which was much different. Yeah than Prince. But, uh, you know, I wanted to at least read through some of these, kind of mm-hmm. give an idea of, obviously, the difference there. Because after I read through these the other night, I was like, uh, there's some stuff here. Because it's not always good, and it's really not always bad, either. I'd say most of the time it's used in a very so-so way. Yeah. Like, you could easily take that either way. Mm-hmm. And and I think you defined it very well without actually finishing that thought. A ruler can be both good and bad. You know, so depending on, you know, how that phrasing is used, you could have either a good ruler or a bad ruler. You know, you could have a good pharaoh or a bad pharaoh. Yeah. You know, we're seeing that firsthand. And I think that's a good a place as any to find out actually where we were in Exodus. Mm-hmm. But I think you have your little tabby tab, little tabby tab, which is hey, wow, that was heavy lifting for all of y'all that didn't know. I just lifted the tab for him, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it was that arm. I can't, I don't think I'm gonna be able to use it tomorrow. It's gonna be, it's see, I'm gonna have to left handed with my phone, man. I don't text left handed. Speaking of which. Speaking of which, now I'm going to have to text left-handed. Thank you. You're welcome. Because your right hand is tired. It's tapped out. It's, it's like, no, we're done for the day. Um. So, pretty sure that we left off at the end of chapter six. Yes, really sure. Because we read about the family of Moses and Aaron. <laughs> and we read for the second time, Moses said before the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips, and how shall Pharaoh heed me? So he's still concerned about that. It's like, God, your people won't even listen to me. How much do you think Pharaoh will? And God's like, I don't care what you think. You should do what I tell you to do. Not always easy. Almost never, actually. In fact, it takes something that's terribly lacking in many, including myself, especially myself, and that's trust. Trusting God. Which is one thing a lot of people do not have anymore. 
In fact, we like wholeheartedly lack it, myself included, mm. actually. Top of that list. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Um, Moses not big on the whole trust thing as far as God goes, but it's easy for us to look at Moses and say that. Um, but had you been Moses, had we been Moses, we would have been seeing everything up till now. We would have the constant daily pressure of the whole Egypt thing, uh, you know, um, not good relations with the Pharaoh and all that jazz. A couple uh, things might have gone. Everybody down. that you're trying to herd towards God is um, griping and complaining nonstop. Um, and blaming you and God for all of their troubles. And so, yeah, there's not really a, a happy medium. Where yeah. It's like things just go okay for him. It's kind of like, you know, well, what it takes is an amount of trust that, um, Abraham had. Right. You know, cause God has already told Moses, you know, you guys are going to the promised land. It's going to be great, you know. Um, and so that's what Moses should have remembered. And he also, God also told him, hey, Moses, Pharaoh ain't exactly going to go along with all this, by the way. In fact, he In won't fact, at all. He won't. But I will show my wonders through all that. And, um, you know. God kind of did the same thing with Moses, but he quote unquote passed the test where uh, I said Moses uh, with Abraham. Right. Um, and, um, you know, God told Abraham, hey, through your seed, great generations, um, uh, my people will come through you and you will have more children than the stars in the sky and the sands on the beaches. And Moses is kind of like, okay, wow. Um, that's really cool, but I'm kind of really old, and how is this supposed to happen? Sarah is really old too, and you're saying that this kid of mine is coming through Sarah. So not sure about that. Anyway, it all happens. It's great. He's got a son, and then God says, "Hey, by the way, go sacrifice him for me. Why don't you do that?" Um, sure that went over well and Abraham knew that the outcome he knew what God had told him he knew what God had promised and he went through with it and was stopped by an angel and was like whoa hey hey, hey good job wait way to go all right good job um yeah see that ram in the thicket over there use that you know <laughs> and that's a good one yeah, and so Abraham trusted God because he knew that despite the fact that, you know, everything was kind of not going the way it should go in his own eyes. I was about to say, who defined the way it should have gone? Right, the way it should go in his own eyes. Yeah, it's in, in his own eyes. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know. Well, I can um, imagine a lot of things I'd like to happen differently right, in right. my life. It's like it's like saying it's like saying you're going to have a birthday party tonight. Trust me. While you're tied to the railroad tracks and a train is coming, and you're kind of like, ha ah, ha, don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, you know. But Abraham's case, he trusted God anyway, and uh, yeah, Moses didn't 
maybe he's getting there. Uh, but right now, he's kind of like, hey, hey, God, hey, um, this isn't going how you tell me it should be going. And so anyway, yeah. Well, as poorly as I described that there, I think we need to go ahead and uh, take a break. And then we'll come back and come in with Chapter 7, uh, read afresh and anew. And uh, there will be more of the Bible being read than me speaking, and that's always a good thing. I don't know, because we do have good things that we put into this sometimes. <laughs> sometimes yeah. Well, we'll see y'all just a minute. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> We and are back. back. And it has only been actually a couple of minutes. Yeah, you've just been playing with the jingles. Yes, yes, there's a lot of jingles. You're like jingles. a cat. Yes, I am like a cat. <laughs> Easily entertained. Like, you see random stuff and you start playing with it. Yeah. Yep. True facts. Actually, give me that because I <laughs> that's been hiding in a box forever. I don't even know what's on it. Yeah. Rings. All right. And the, well, and a key. I hope that's not. <laughs> uh same so we are on exodus chapter seven now so in the earlier chapter um god is reiterating to moses and aaron that they need to go uh actually no no they already talked moses and aaron already talked to the people of god and uh, the people of god were not very receptive of what god had to say and uh really, anyway more like at all at all yeah and moses is like they were like no yeah no how do you oh yeah and then god is like yeah now i want you to go tell pharaoh and moses is like okay how do you expect pharaoh to listen to me when your own people won't and so that's where we are in chapter seven again ladies and gentlemen i interrupt you to let you know that we are reading from the deck commander Faith and Family Bible, New King James Version. All right, anyway, back. So, chapter 7. So, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have your brother. Uh, let me start again. The sea has your brother? So, the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Wow, that was very different. Yes, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You can see where I went wrong there. I said, see, I have your brother. All of a sudden, I was like, well, this is a kidnapping and Jonah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's a verse, there's a line in between there. So, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron, your brother, shall tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the, Egypt, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and I stretched out my hand on Egypt and bring, them, and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did go, just as the Lord commanded them. So they did. And Moses was 80 years old, and Aaron 83 years old, when they spoke to Pharaoh. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, 
Then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. Interesting. Interesting. So what did God say earlier? Um, he said, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. Whereas before, obviously, God is Moses' God, and Moses is the prophet. Right. But he's saying... I have made you as God to Pharaoh, and Aaron is the prophet. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, watch am, this hand yeah, while yeah, this yeah, is yeah. going on. I'm talking through, no, no, I'm talking to you, Moses, and you will speak for me. Aaron does not speak for me. You speak for me. But to everyone that's watching, Aaron is speaking for you. It's kind of a roundabout way of getting the same information out. But well, and it's only because of Moses' insecurities. Yeah. yeah, and so God is speaking to Moses and telling him what to say, speaking through Moses, and Moses speaks that to Aaron, just like God's been speaking to Moses, right. telling him what to say. Right. You know, um, and then what you have is the Lord speaks spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, "When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, show a miracle for yourselves, then you.'" Moses shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before uh, Pharaoh and let it become a serpent. God just did that to Moses. Right. God says, remember when I told you to throw your rod down and it became a serpent? I want you to say that to Aaron just like I said that to you. Yeah, it's a catch-22 trying to keep and him. And the question I have here is, does Aaron know it's going to turn into a snake? <laughs> Moses didn't know, you know. Did he cue him in on, hey, yeah. you might be a bit surprised by yeah. what's about to happen. So um, that uh, that rod of yours might wiggle a little bit more than you're used to uh, after it throws after you throw it on the ground. But don't worry about that. But don't worry about it. Um, it won't bite. Oh, wait. It is a snake. Anyway. Um, but will it bite? Yeah, probably not. So, Amir... Ah. I mean, if it was a spider, I would be screaming and running. Well, that's exactly what Moses was thinking when it turned into a snake I'm, for the first time. I'm a he said, less afraid of a snake. and ran. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that afraid of a snake. Some but... people, though, are just deathly afraid of snakes. My great-grandfather, so I have been told, was deathly afraid of snakes. He hated the darn creatures. They can all go to you-know-where in a handbag. And he would be perfectly happy with that. In fact, he would probably ship it to the devil himself. <laughs> um, but uh, Free of charge. Yeah, he did not do snakes. Spiders, I don't hear about. I don't know. But I do know that he hated snakes See, I am with a passion. not a fan of spiders whatsoever. End of story. Yeah. I will. I, I have handled snakes. You know, I've picked up. If there's a spider in one hand and the chainsaw in the other... That hand's got to go. It, exactly. That's <laughs> you know, me and Daniel. You know, we were talking about the other night. You know, because I always and it was it was really funny for me. It was fun for me, exciting for me. I hate snakes. Yes, but I don't absolutely fear them. Fear them. Yeah, and I I don't have a problem with them because I I know they're there. But spiders, spiders are a different story. And it's probably because I have a whole lot of pent-up rage more from being legs, bit by one more legs and more eyes you know than should be legally allowed. and yeah <laughs> right i don't get that privilege but uh i've always made i've always given daniel a hard time I, 
put spiders on his desk or something at work and you know i'd send him pictures of spiders via facebook and he'd open them and be like what the heck are you trying to do to me give me a heart attack you know secretly while well, all along he doesn't know i have the same fear <laughs> so it was like a catch 22 and the other night when we were talking he had no idea he was just like are you serious <laughs> absolutely wow. totally on the same level of fear. So if you wanted you. to become Spider-Man, would we have to throw you into a pit with spiders? And you, then you could be like Batman. Yeah, you know, I'd be like, kind of why did it have fear? to be spiders? <laughs> yeah, I would probably just die. Yeah, I would I would gladly die over that. I did, yeah. There would be no... But if you... Like, I have literally picked up poisonous snakes going, hey, look what I can do. Um, oh, he's trying to buy me. Throw him away now. You know, oh, because with the snake, you can see everything. You can see his face, you can see his eyes. Dude, you can see his when mouth. I got bit by the black widow, I don't even know where I got bit. I exactly. assume it was at work. Yeah, I remember. I, I I still have which see, I can't even remember. It's been no, it's that, right here. It's right there. Yeah, it's on it's on this knuckle. It's uh-huh. barely visible now, but it was just a, a little spy. Look like okay. So all of y'all people who are from Texas know exactly what I'm referencing. Fire ants. Oh, yeah. You know, and it whelps up, and then you pop it, and it whelps up the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened for like a week or two, and it just kept getting like bigger and more infected. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen a... And I was getting sick the whole time, by the way. I did not connect the two, though. Mm-hmm. Never once did I connect the spot on my hand, which I thought was a fire ant, to... Um, because we moved trailers, you know, they came all the way from Mississippi and such sure, sure. places that they do it did have fire ants. So it was not uncommon that I got bit by a fire ant coming into the trailer or yeah. something at Ingalls. Um, so it never crossed my mind that maybe it wasn't a fire ant. Yeah. Because that's the only thing I've ever come in contact with that had that effect on me. And so when it happened, it was like days of nausea and horrible pain everywhere. People think Corona's bad. That was bad. I will take Corona over that. Having had both, I will take Corona over over the spider spider. bite every day of the week. It was easier to deal with. And finally, I I, I got tested. and I think it was Neil. Uh Yeah, it was Neil. It was like, yeah, this is uh, Black Widow. Oh, fantastic. What do we do now? By the way, I hate Black Widows now. Yeah, (laughs) there's nothing nothing you can do. Your, Your immune system's already fought. In fact, you should probably be dead right now. Oh! Is that all? <laughs> well, good to know I have a strong immune system. Yeah. Anyway, back to our um, <clears throat> yeah, scheduled I think, broadcast. I think people who get bit by um, black widows and don't treat it normally die from heart attacks. It is. You know, heart palpitations just it's go uh, nuts, and then you just die. Well, it's a it's a neurovenom, so uh-huh. it's it's a lot like rattlesnakes, is it? It actually does interact with your 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 senses all together and then send your brain on an overcharge so that's what was happening with me like you could touch me yeah. and it would just it would it would be like you literally took a knife and shoved it into my leg yeah. it was and I, I i'm like that's the whole time i was going through this you couldn't touch me like I, I was literally in in the bathroom with nothing but underwear on just like not touching anything because as soon as something touched me, <laughs> it was just like an excruciating pain that went all the way into my bone. It was, you just imagine wolves ripping you apart, you know. And what's yeah. funny is I'd heard that analogy used when I was a kid. Like, ah, stay away from these. You get bit. After going through that experience, I'm like, yes, that is the best way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And How long did it last? 
total time from the time I first started feeling the effect. Because I don't know when I got bit. Right. So I can only really gauge it from when I started feeling the effects. Um, and I, I, I remember I worked a split shift. This is the only reason I remember this. It was off on Thursdays. I got sick on Monday. I missed Tuesday. I didn't have to count Thursday as a missed day because I was off on Thursday. Uh-huh. I missed Friday, and I came to work on the end of the Saturday shift and ended up going home because I still felt bad. Mm-hmm. But I was recovering Saturday, so say four days altogether. Okay. Um, I was down for the count. So I was down for the count Tuesday, Wednesday, home, Thursday, kids. and Friday. <laughs> I was down for the count. There was no... Uh, in fact, if it weren't for Maggie going, I'm either taking you to the hospital or I'm taking you to Neil. Either way, you're getting in the car. <laughs> you know? uh, I, can, I can give her credit there because I, I was, I've never been a fan of doctors. Still am not. Um, my, my father and I shared that for sure. Not, not a fan of doing that. But I was like, well, if I'm going to go to a doctor or go to somebody I trust. It'll be Neil. Yep. Yep, go to somebody I trust, yeah. and and at that point it was like, it was like a quasi trust. It was like, uh-huh. well, it's better than a doctor, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and he had the the medical, you know, a bit because he could actually test like what venoms were going through your system, which I didn't even know he could do that. Wow, it's, yeah, he has a machine that he can That's actually nice. he can test that. And, you know, That's cool. when it, when the machine comes back twice at ninety nine percent, yeah. You know, positive for Black maybe, Widow. Maybe you got bit by a Black think, Widow then. I think that's probably it. And all, yeah. you know, after you look up the symptoms and everything, it's like everything matches. Yeah, yeah. You know? But back to back to what we're actually talking about. Snakes? <laughs> Not Black Widows? We did this with rattlesnakes. Now we, we have like Black Widows about... for eight minutes. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Not a fun experience. Yeah, yeah. All I Don't say. try this at home, kids. <laughs> Don't. Uh, I, but I will take Black Widow over Brown Recluse. Well, yeah, because you might actually live from a Black Widow, which you did. You actually have. There well, is actually, a, no. You there is a, a higher chance. chance of of, there is a higher chance of people that recluse. survive Brown Recluse bites. The brown problem is, bites. it does more damage to your body if not caught early. That's yeah. the difference. With a Black Widow, your chance of dying usually comes from a heart attack. Right. The brown recluse, it's more like, it's more like you know that part of your body is just rotting off. Yeah, it's it's an infection. Yeah, that's and what so kills you. You're not infection. going to die, but you might lose an arm. I've actually known several people to get bit by brown recluses, having fully recovered, no negative, no negative. Matt being one of them. Oh yeah, yeah. He actually he. he the, the week he came up here, I don't think you met him when mm-hmm. he came up here yeah. and, and said hi to us. He was still recovering from it. That's why he was out of work, so he came up and he's like, I'll hang oh, with okay. you. Wow. Yeah, he had, he had gone to the beach, and he said they he remembered having it crawl down his, his shirt, and he, like, slapped it or whatever, and it like, bit him right there. Yeah. And he said they, they just took a, a golf, golf ball-sized piece out of his stomach right there. Now, for all of y'all listening, Matt's a big guy. He's got plenty to share. He wasn't lacking any. You know, it got him on a good area where it wasn't infecting him. But their their biggest concern, as far as you know, medically speaking, is sepsis. Mm-hmm. They don't want your body to start killing itself right. over something like that. Yeah. And and you got to think, brown recluses, their their main and I know we're getting way back off topic again, but scientifically speaking, 
they are actually recluses back home. So there's a different species up here than in Texas. And I really? didn't know this I until didn't I didn't know this until uh, Emily had brought it to me because the ones back home are docile. Mm-hmm. Like you could never notice they were there. In Texas, bites are limited because most people don't know they're there and they avoid human contact. Yeah, they actually run away from you. You know, they're called headboard spiders for a reason because they hide behind the headboards and they don't ever leave. Hmm. The only time you ever notice is when you're cleaning or something, and that's when people get bit most is spring cleaning and digging behind the headboard. So they they got the nickname headboard spiders or violin spiders because of the shape of their their thing. Habit of men. Yeah, but... um, but for up here, and I did not know this until I came into contact, they are aggressive in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, chase you aggressive. And I asked uh, I asked a guy I know that he studies different insects. and Not my field. So when you find somebody that actually knows, you ask him. And he said, no, it's a completely different species. He said, they're ten times more aggressive. He said, the different, just the difference between the two species of brown recluse, he said, they are way more aggressive up here. They will chase you versus running away. Wow. He said that they're they're bigger in Texas as far as the size, but they don't they don't chase you. Wow. They're harder to see up here because they're smaller, but they literally chase you and bite you. So Small even if syndrome. Yeah. They're literally going to come after you. And that's what Matt was cleaning some stuff that his his daughter had brought from a friend's house. And had it on his shoulder, and he remembered something coming down his shirt, and he just like smacked it. Yeah. And didn't even know he had gotten bitten until almost a week later, which is when symptoms start occurring. Yeah. Black mean, widow, when they bite you, not very long before you know it. Brown yeah. recluse, they bite you, and it, like you said, about a week maybe before yeah. you actually realize that something's going on. And because a lot of times it's passed off as an itch or something, you know, it's yeah. it's easy to miss until you just it's rotting, and you're like, oh. That's well, not that's good. Not me. <laughs> yeah. That's not good, you know. And well, Matt they, went in because he was sepsis. Oh. He was he was I think he was septic when he went in. That was his problem. Which he didn't know he was septic because he's so dead gum tall and mm-hmm. big. He just thought he was getting sick. And they were like, uh no, bigger problems. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's actually yeah, see let's if we can get there a little bit further. Let's see. Y'all are um, all welcome for the monologue, by the way. You shall speak Brought all that I Rick. command you, and Aaron your brother shall ter- tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply mine signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Uh, I lost my place. But Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. Then Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. And Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. Okay, now, Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the third time he's now told Moses that he's going to... And Pharaoh's not going to agree. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be the third time. Okay, so, Then the Lord spoke to, uh, spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. 
So Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them as the Lord had said. Wow. So, uh, yeah. The snake got it. <laughs> it. Uh, it's kind of a... It's kind of funny that that happened. You know, you've got God working his miracles and wonders, but um, the devil and these enchanters and magicians and such made the same thing happen, you know. And my thinking is normally in scriptures, um, you find that these devils don't really, you know, next to God, they have no power. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and, this is a good interpretation for me as to why, you know, well, God says specifically that that stuff is bad. Right. Not right. that it's not real. Yeah. I've had many people argue this with me yeah. as to, well, you just don't believe that it, it, it is what it is. No, no, no. It's real. You're just... You shouldn't do that. Exactly. Um, it's but um, anyway, like I was going to say, uh, I think God allowed these, um, you know, wizards to, you know, make their snakes too, just so that He could make a point. In that, uh, His snake ed up their snakes, kind of like I've always thought that. Hey. Uh, but the fact that they could create them has always puzzled me, and the only thing I can come to is, you know, magic is real. It is. You I know? believe so. And I, I firmly believe that, and that's why God says, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he never once says, it's not real. No, he says, don't do don't it. Don't do it. Yeah. That's why, you know, all these little, you know, I laugh at these people who consider themselves Wiccans mm -hmm. because they're amateurs. Yeah. When you meet the real species, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's an awakening. And I've met, it's I've scary. met, I met a guy about about four years ago that I worked with, and the real deal flew. It emanated from him. You could just feel it. It was just like, don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Not because I didn't like him, because he was a decent guy. As far as would you want to hang out with him? Sure, he seemed like a decent enough guy, but there was something, and I, I knew he was a quote-unquote Wiccan. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whatever is emanating off that guy, I I don't want anything to do with. Yeah. And that's, yeah. you you know the difference between the knockoff and the real deal. Yeah. And I think that's what God is proving right here in all of this by, you know, Pharaoh going, ha, huh, you know, y'all, show him who's boss. Mm -hmm. That doesn't go as planned at all. Yeah, It's just like, oh, fail. That's the best y'all got. New magicians! Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, that's a good place to stop. We're about, oh. Well, we stopped a little short on the other one, so we've got a couple minutes. Oh, do we? Oh, yeah, great. we've got a couple minutes because we stopped a little short on the other one. Well, we can read a little bit further then. That being said, though, we'll probably not remember exactly where we ended. Well, because... we need to because Dad's going to be on next oh, week, so yeah. I have to. I'm supposed to give him. Well, a... I can I can get through seven and where we can are... start on eight. I yeah, mean, let, let's do that. Frogs, yeah, right? let's. Well, yeah, Duck sure, Dynasty frogs. Come why on. not give my dad an opportunity to talk about frogs? So. So, the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning when he goes out to the water, and you shall stand by the river's bank to meet him. And the rod, which was turned to a serpent, you shall take in your hand, and you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. Ah, but indeed, until now... You would not hear. Thus saith the Lord. But this you shall know that I am the Lord. By this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will strike the waters which are in the river with the rod that is in my hand, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that are in the river shall die. The river shall stink, and the Egyptians will loathe to drink the water of the river. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, Say to Aaron, Take your rod and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their streams, over their rivers, over their ponds, and over all the pools of water, that they may become blood, and there shall be blood throughout all the land of Egyptian, Egypt, both in buckets of wood and pitchers of stone. And Moses said, Aaron, and Moses and Aaron did so. Just as the Lord commanded, so he lifted up the rod and struck the waters that were in the river, in the sight of the Pharaoh, and in the sight of his servants. And all the waters that were in the river were turned to blood. The fish that were in the river died, the river stank, and the Egyptians could not drink the water of the river. So there was blood throughout all the land of Egypt. Then the Egyptians of then the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart grew hard, and he did not heed them. As the Lord had said, and Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither was his heart moved by this. So all the Egyptians dug all around the river for water to drink, because they could not drink the water of the river. And seven days passed, and the Lord had struck the river. After the Lord had struck the river. Now, what's very interesting, because in the in the first part of that, and I I don't know that I've ever thought about this, but when it talks about in all the stone and all the wood. You know, what it's saying is everything that has been taken from the river is now blood. Well, that's the, that's that's what I'm gathering from that because he's kind of like, yeah, yeah. This is, I was trying to I was trying to think about that. I think it's everything that has been taken from the not just the river itself, but all the waters that have been taken from the river are now a part of this. I don't know if that's correct. And here's why I think that. 19, then the Lord spoke to Moses, say to Aaron, take your rod, stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over their streams, over their rivers, over their ponds, and over all their pools of water that they may become blood. I think that if there's a body of water, he's saying, stretch your hand over it and bing, blood. Right. That's what it reads to me. 
And so that's why they were digging around the sides of the river to try right, to get Right, but there was, there was a portion before that. Maybe I miss... But it sounds to me like if this is a bucket of water or a cup of water, you know, uh, hey, Aaron, raise your rod over this water, you know, um, and hocus pocus, you got blood. Um, that's what it reads like to me. Because he says stretch it over the rivers, over the ponds, yeah. you know. Um, and so basically... Now, Which, I didn't see. I didn't see it in there. So and that I was trying to look. Kind of makes sense to me, because, you know, it's a curse. It shouldn't be just like well, kind of secluded to one area. You know, when you, I'm just kind of thinking maybe you know if I want my Hebrew people over here to not have to drink blood, then let them just drink water out of their well or something. You know, right. that's not being turned to blood. But all these Egyptians over here, I'm going to go strike blood into everything that they've got. Right. You know? And so it allows for some sort of, some kind of selection. Right. Uh, I don't know if that's the case or not. No idea. I don't really think that we should read into it that far. But um, I think that it sounds selective to me. Right. You know, you choose what's water. You know, I mean, you choose what's blood. Uh, so interesting, interesting, uh, topic there and ladies and gentlemen next thursday two days from now closest thursday because we've started making thursdays the the power powerhouse day. yes we gonna be talking about frogs i'm sure dad will love oh yeah i'll probably tell him to read eight and nine just in case yeah we read eight and nine you we know. get that far frogs and lice flies gonna get good so anyway ladies and gentlemen we have 10 seconds before the uh, recording stops and so i think it's a good time for an adios and we'll see you on thursday we'll see you on thursday i'm ready thank you for listening to the podcast you can follow us on spotify Google Podcasts, iTunes, and more. And be sure to like and check out our Facebook page.